0: Rusty Quill presents The Storage Papers. Shepherds Back in October, 2020, I had looked through the papers enough to find some patterns, and I've shared some of those with you already. But there were still some elements that remain a bit perplexing to me, and I reached out for some help. You're all aware that there are symbols that exist on many of the documents within these files I have, and my best guess is that each symbol corresponds to some kind of branch of Hydra or a specific research area. I'm still digging more into that, but at the same time, I noticed something else. Remember that flash drive that Brienne had, and the Grinner wanted so badly? You know, the one with all the medical files on it? I've been racking my brain to figure out why. There must be a reason for all of this, and it's a pattern I continue to see as I peruse through those medical records looking for something to click. Well, there seems to be an underscore after each medical record number that each folder contains, followed by one of two letters, either M or S. I've consulted with someone I trust in the medical field. In fact, I was able to consult someone that works at one of the hospitals specifically mentioned within those medical records, and they don't have an explanation for me. According to them, all medical records are 10 digits and do not include any letters from the alphabet. Just numbers. For that reason, I decided to reach out to Fourth Trumpet on Twitter with a DM. Now I'm still not quite sure how much credence to lend this person. I don't know who they are or what percentage of their previous claims about specific aspects of the papers have any merit, but I'm hitting a dead end as far as I can tell. Of course, I'm only scratching the surface with the papers and being able to organize them but I'm really not anywhere close to knowing all of their contents enough to make some of those connections. I simply asked, did the letters M or S in reference to medical records indicate anything to you? I waited for a couple days for a response, which was kind of irregular, since all prior interchanges were within a matter of minutes. At first, I was a little concerned, but he, assuming it's a he, explained, I'm afraid this is beyond my current level of knowledge, but there's someone I might know who can shed some light on this for you. Give me a couple more days to get back to you. I thanked him and went about my normal research for several days. I would just about forgotten I asked him a question when I received another DM. It said, Sorry I took so long. It was tougher than I thought it would be. Check your physical mailbox. There, you'll find an envelope with just your first name typed on the front, and on the back, you'll notice a stamp with a symbol you should be familiar with by now. You'll be exercising a certain level of ambiguity and trust in reading this envelope's contents, but as I said before, I'm not privy to all the plans of Hydra or its subsidiaries, though I am highly curious about the envelope's contents, so I'll be listening to your podcast. A quick trip to my mailbox revealed the envelope, My name was handwritten on the front, and on the reverse, a stamp of a seven-fingered hand with an eye in the palm was placed across the seal of the envelope. Once back in my home, I made sure my shutters were drawn on my windows, and I sat down on my couch to open the envelope. For some reason I hesitated. The realization that someone I don't know, other than Fourth Trumpet who I still don't really know, hand delivering me a letter to my mailbox. This person knows where I live, and likely knows what I'm involved in. Additionally, the actual act of ensuring that nobody could see the inside of my home from the outside seemed to give me pause. Am I really wrapped up in something so complex? If so, is it such a great idea to be sharing all this stuff publicly on a podcast, freely available to anyone who wants to listen? The moment, as surreal as it felt, was fleeting but it caused me to question whether or not it's actually safe to be doing this whole thing. I suppose it's too late now. I unsealed the envelope and peered inside. From within it, I pulled out several folded pages of paper that looked like they were about 6 inch by 9 inch in size. I'd like to address all of the listeners at this point before sharing any of the contents of this letter. While I do wish to be as transparent as possible here on the podcast, I'm going to be withholding some of the information contained within this letter, as I fear it could jeopardize my own safety and the safety of my family. But this much I can share with you. It reads, Good day, sir. colleague of mine tells me you've stumbled upon some documents or files that possess some letters that you've been inquiring about. I apologize for the delayed response, but as you well know, I must take precautions when collaborating on such things so that I don't become suspect myself. It took a while to accomplish, but I required your full name from my colleague, and our methods of private communication are somewhat inefficient within the confines of SCIC. Once I had it, though, I spent some time looking into our records for any matching correspondence. Having done so, there are aspects of your records that I cannot access currently, but from the looks of things, you may be well in over your head at this point. I'm not sure you realize the implications of what you're doing here with your little podcast. That said, I can't say I wouldn't be willing to put myself out there like that if I were in your shoes. It might even be beneficial by offering some level of protection. You're still alive, so I suppose that could be the case. But please, be careful what you share going forward. First things first. You are inquiring about the letters M and S in reference to some medical documents you say you've happened upon. The fact that those documents are available to you means one of two things— Either you have found a way past the SCIC file encryption yourself, or someone else did prior to them coming into your possession. I'm curious, have you found a way to access all of the files yet? If so, perhaps we can find a mutually beneficial way to help one another. But I digress. Let me at least get to the point. The letter M is a label that I've seen many times before, but even back then, I wasn't part of that side of the project. I know it went hand-in-hand with my side, though, which involved the S. The S indicates that the patient is a shepherd. The master folder containing all of those patients' files should possess the symbol of a seven-fingered hand with an eye in the palm. All of these designations were created by the Hydra team far before their solicitation of services from SCIC. I highly suggest you read up on these from within the documents in your possession, so you know what to look out for. I'll explain more about that in a moment. The term shepherd, as I understand it, was originally created to classify patients' levels of psychic ability within a sleep state, specifically during the rapid eye movement stage when dreams occur. You may or may not know, based on the documents in your possession, the papers as you call them, that Project HYDRA has long been experimenting with drugs that enhance one's ability to stay within REM sleep for longer periods of time. These experiments are even sometimes conducted outside the subject's knowledge during clinical trials, much like the MKUltra project. I find this highly unethical, of course, which is why I'm happy to share some of my knowledge with you. These drugs have multiple applications depending on the recipient. The shepherds have the ability to observe and interact with people inside their dreams during REM sleep. It's an inherent ability, as Hydra learned in the early days of the project. This can be an act as harmless as one of them saying hello to the dreamer, or it can be used to implant ideas into the dreamer's mind. We call this process monitoring, and the people who do it were originally referred to as monitors. I worked directly with the monitors during the Cold War as part of an intelligence initiative and continue to focus on that area today. But, once HYDRA began conducting the drug experiments, their subjects began displaying certain abilities that required them to separate the monitors into two categories. Along with that split, they also split our team. One of the monitor groups was whatever the M means, but the others were the S group, which stood for the Shepherds, the group I was directly working with. My guess is that you have a reference to what the M stands for somewhere in your papers. Otherwise, you'll need to find a way to view those password-protected files on your flash drive. I just don't know the full details of those distinguishing factors, but I've always wondered. Eventually the monitors began to hone those skills and develop new ones with the aid of experimental drugs. You see, they'd start to create people, animals, and things you might consider scary like ghosts and monsters within the dreams. The monitors would have debriefings after experiments where a hydra technician would interview them about the dreams, and a dictation would occur to record and chart progress on their abilities. This happened for several years before the Shepherds were distinguished as a subclass of monitor, to which I was assigned. But they knew they'd lost control of the project when local news reports started turning strange. The people who were being monitored, the Dreamers, started turning up dead. Occasional witnesses were found that the public ridiculed. Stories of winged creatures, demons, and all kinds of things that go bump in the night became common. It went several months before anyone from Hydra saw the correlation between those witness accounts and the debriefing documents from the monitors. You see, the monitors weren't just creating these things in people's dreams as they originally intended, they would actually manifest themselves in the physical world as well. We weren't completely sure how or when it started. It was nearly a year after this realization that the shepherd's abilities were distinguished. It went under the radar for so long, it's a wonder they ever learned what was happening. They all assumed the shepherds had the ability to bring fictitious entities from dreams, people, or other horrific unimaginable things, until they managed to apprehend one of them. Few of us have the clearance required to identify the individual. But we do know that the person claimed they were transported from another reality into this one, and as a result, those areas of research became even more compartmentalized and required higher security clearance to be informed about. Best guesses by Hydra's top scientific minds revolve around string theory. That is, the idea that these beings weren't necessarily being created from Shepard's imaginations. They actually brought them from a parallel dimension of existence, if you will, into our own. Just think about all this implies for a moment. If this is actually possible for the shepherds, and I believe it is, at what point would you consider their presence in our own dimension paradoxical? Or do paradoxes even exist? I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I recognize an element of familiarity in many of those documents. While there's a lot you're sharing that I can't account for, there are some definite overtones that could likely be from a shepherd, and I'm willing to put money on whatever the M stands for may account for some others. Either way, these abilities had implications much more widespread than just espionage. The way I understand it, the experiments required closer supervision and tighter security because whoever is in control of these shepherds could have tremendous power. This bears keeping in mind that for the average person, who is not a shepherd, prolonging the dream state with an experimental drug simply creates more opportunity for shepherds to do what they do best, and that is to take what's in your dreams and make it real. All possibilities aside, I'm sorry to inform you that you have been assigned a monitor. While I can't claim to know the reason which applies to you specifically, there are only three reasons Hydra would assign a monitor to you, at least that I'm aware of. Number one, they just want to observe you to see how much you know. Number two, they could be assessing you to see if you could be one of them, a shepherd yourself perhaps, and for that, they would need to have pretty significant knowledge of your background or have you under observation for quite some time. And then there's number three, And I truly hope this isn't the case for you, but they could be planning to eliminate you. It's been done before. I do know that monitors can sit in a dark corner of your dreams undetected, or even potentially be interacting with you without your knowledge, if you don't know what to look for. They can also mimic any person or thing that is within your dream, but they're always off somehow. They can easily seem out of place. You might notice an unusual feature, or they might walk strangely. For this reason, they attempt to avoid using recurring dream characters in those they are monitoring, but they have been lingering in your dreams for a while before they'll know how to do that, so often they wait, undetected, just observing, before deciding to interact with you. Of course, different monitors have varying levels of skill. You need to develop the ability to identify them, and that starts with a lot of practice. Everyone can do it, but it can be difficult to learn. You recently spoke of a dream where you realized within the dream you could control what was happening. You need to intentionally practice this. Once you reach this state of dream awareness, make a point to throw some changes into your dream to see if anyone or anything looks out of place. As an example, consider that you're dreaming that you're watching a parade. As the marching band goes by, you simply intentionally make the band instantly turn around and begin marching in the wrong direction, against parade traffic. If your monitor is there, they won't be able to predict this sudden change, and they'll be the only one who didn't turn around. That is, if that monitor is in the band. They can be anywhere in your dreams, though, and they're difficult to spot. The more skilled they are, the harder it will be for you to detect them. Most have been trained in evasion techniques, so you'll need to think outside the box and get creative in order to spot the good ones. I would highly suggest that you, if you have the ability, that is, get your boy Nicholson's help. I worked with Preston in the beginning, and he's incredibly gifted. I always suspected he was a bit more than they gave him credit for, but that's neither here nor there. I should mention that I don't offer this kind of information for free, but our mutual acquaintance has guaranteed me that should you find evidence within your papers to indicate more current research is being done on the subject, that you would share it with me. All you have to do is let them know, and they'll arrange a way to get me that information. I should be readily available once you unlock those files on your flash drive, but in the meantime, anything that has a seven-fingered hand with the eye on the palm is a good place to start. I've attached some additional documents with specific details about what I'm looking for. To be clear, you do not have my permission to share those on your podcast. I suggest you make haste because once you're assigned a monitor, very little of what you do will be private. My guess is they've already taken steps to infiltrate your life in ways you don't currently know about. This is the last and only piece of written hand communication you'll be receiving from me. I can't risk the same delivery method for communication twice, so the next time I reach out, you'll understand if I apply an increased level of caution, even though it will be hidden in plain sight. Your listeners may enjoy this, and they may even be able to help don't ever underestimate the intelligence of your listeners. By now, you must know that people who both support and oppose your show are keeping tabs on it. Just keep on the lookout for a very obvious change to something both you and your listeners have access to. Heck, it might even help you to practice finding things that are slightly out of the ordinary, much like how you would identify a monitor. But of course, you'll be awake. Until then... I hope you'll find something for me soon. The letter wasn't signed, but I've read it to you in its entirety. I'm not sure what they mean by relaying messages the way they explained it. Listeners might enjoy it or be able to help. It will be in plain sight and it will be slightly out of the ordinary. In all honesty, I'm intrigued, but I'm way too tired right now to go looking for that kind of thing. I only hope I can recognize it when it happens. Something about the way the letter was written seemed familiar somehow. Maybe it's just a pattern of speech or the way things were phrased. I can't put my finger on what it is exactly, but it's going to drive me nuts if I can't figure it out. Anyways, all of this has me wondering how true everything this person is telling me could be. If there's any accuracy to it, I'd bet that the person going around killing people in their dreams is likely one of these shepherds. It would explain a lot, although I'd still like to know what the M stands for. Regardless though, I wonder if Brianna's heard any of this before or given it any thought. She may just be a shepherd too. I'm extremely concerned about this monitor and what they'd be doing in my dreams. I can't recall anything out of the ordinary in my dreams recently, but then again, I don't always remember my dreams. I'll need to stay on the lookout. Why would anyone be interested in me, though? Am I sharing information that I shouldn't be? I suppose that thought has crossed my mind a few times. I also take comfort in knowing that the more people are listening to this, the more internet sleuths may actually be able to help out should anything happen to me. In some ways, I think this podcast offers a certain degree of protection. In others, I think it has a tendency to put me in danger. Hopefully the former will save me from any real danger. Thank you for listening to The Storage Papers, a Grinner Media production. If you enjoy our show and would like to financially support our show while getting some additional bonus content, please head over to patreon.com grinnermedia. We'll be back soon sharing more documents from The Storage Papers.